Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Money in Integrity podcast presented by worklifemoney.co. My name is Kimberly Van. I'm a career mindset coach and the founder of worklifemoney.co, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to meaningfully make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today, I'm going to be talking and actually answering some of the work-life money community's most asked questions when it comes to me, the future of work-life money, and what coaching is really like. And if you're like me, you usually wait for someone else to ask the question first. So in case you are curious and in case that's you, then this is the episode for you to listen in on the answers on the questions other people have asked. And the first question that I'm going to answer, that's going to be a little bit of a longer one, is am I going to quit my job and take work-life money full-time? Now, one of the most common questions, ironically, that I get about career coaching is if I'm going to quit my regular job. And I can see why people would think that. There is a whole space on the internet dedicated to, you know, hating your job and starting your own business and while that can be the right path for some people, it is not in the cards for me right now for a number of reasons. And the first reason is, honestly, I love what I do. And I know it's hard for some people to understand this, but I find a lot of fulfillment in my work in public service that currently can't be filled by anything else. And I also have a, just a huge, genuine interest in public procurement. And I currently haven't really made the impact in the career space and in the industry that I want to yet. And I don't think I could ever seriously consider quitting my job or my current career path until I reached a senior level role. And it's not about the title. It's not about the salary even. It's that I haven't yet got to work on, you know, the big projects that will make the long-term impact that I'm seeking to make in public service and to my community. And that's the thing about working in public service or corporate or anything that's more than just entrepreneurship is that the impact that you get to make, especially at a like public service level, I would never be able to make. Like I could never like be my own government, right? So um, I would never be able to be able to make that on my own. And to be part of that is something incredibly meaningful to me. And it's not something I'm ready to look into giving up just yet. And the second part of this is a lot of people, you know, go into entrepreneurship or especially because I have my own business now um, because they want to live a laptop lifestyle. And so when I say I love what I do, I also do love the routine and the space that I'm in right now. A lot of people can see the nine to five as um, very limiting. And I do believe that that space and that um, how it's structured can be improved on greatly. I 100% agree. And it's also because I actually work a flexible schedule. And so I work um, compressed work days and then I get every second Monday off. So I like get every um, fortnight, I get a day off. Um, 
and that's a part of my regular work schedule and it is awesome. So um, sometimes I do work only four days a week, especially if that um, almost every month there is a holiday in Canada. So a lot of times I'm only working like four days a week and it's awesome. <laughs> and so I do think that the structure of the nine to five does need to be looked at, but a lot of people move into or go into entrepreneurship because they want to have a freedom lifestyle and a nomadic lifestyle. And again, I see the benefits of that. Um, but to me, it doesn't really make that much sense at this point in my life for a number of reasons. And the first one being because I already did it. Um, if you didn't know, I actually spent the majority of my 20s um, quite nomadic where I would work um you know, burn myself out working two to three jobs when I came back into Vancouver. And then I would actually book like a one-way ticket somewhere and travel for four to six months of the year. And that could be for, you know, to fulfill all of the adventures and the things that I wanted to accomplish at that stage of my life. And that looked like, you know, volunteering abroad, being an impair, um, going back to Vietnam to really just you know, st learn more about my culture and my history and my family roots. And sometimes it was just for fun. <laughs> and so because I've already lived that nomadic lifestyle to an extent, I've also seen what it is like to work in that lifestyle. And when I was abroad, a lot of people work abroad, um, even back then. So I, to me, like being in front of a laptop is still being in front of a laptop. It doesn't matter if you're in Thailand or wherever you are, you're still in front of a laptop. And I don't think travel experience is the same when you have the stress of work and also always having to be on your phone or being on the internet or um, being on your laptop at all times. It, to me, it's not the same. And it's not the kind of travel that I like and because sometimes I just like to be disconnected from everyone. Um, I'm quite notorious for when I go away that I don't update that much. <laughs> and I also just don't, um, I don't want to be on my phone all the time. And I don't want to be worried about what, what the internet connection is like all the time. So that's just my own personal experience that right now having like a nomadic lifestyle is not for me. And I also have a different perspective of it. Um, because I've also traveled for work as well. And I used to work for a travel agency and it was great actually, because, you know, not only did I get to travel for work sometimes, but I also got discounts on travel. And the thing about that is I also spent a lot of time in the hotel. When you travel for work, you don't really get to see a place. I feel like the same way if you're just traveling for fun or just traveling completely without strings. And, um, without boundaries and without expectations. And so it's not really the same. And lastly, obviously, travel during COVID obviously is very difficult. I mean, obviously you can still do it. And that's why I feel a lot of empathy towards people that wanted to travel during this time because I got to do that. And if COVID had happened during my travel time when I was younger, I would have been like completely devastated. So I really feel for people who are at this, you know, stage of their life and, you know, that there are so many restrictions when it comes to COVID. And also like traveling during COVID, it's not easy, not just from the perspective of, you know, yourself as a traveler, but there are many countries, developing countries in the world, and this is a whole nother conversation, but that haven't had the same access to vaccinations, that haven't, that don't seem, have the same level and 
resources of healthcare that other countries have, like Canada. And so right now, I'm not looking at like traveling nomadically. Like I'm not looking at quitting my job so I can live a laptop lifestyle while traveling. It's not, um, to me, it's not the same. I know that to some people it might be, but it's not the same experience as well when you are just um, in a country just to see it or in a place just to see it and don't get to really learn about the people. Because again, COVID is still very real to many places in the world. So that's why for me, I don't really see myself quitting my job anytime soon, not just because of the fact that, you know, I love what I do as in my job, but I I love the lifestyle where I am right now at this specific point in history and in time. And that leads me to my next point on why I don't ever I'm not really considered quitting my job right now is that I'm a part of a really great environment with a great team. I do know 100% that my opinion of work would drastically change if I didn't have the work environment I have now. And honestly, going to work makes me really happy. It makes me happy to see my coworkers. And I know that, again, not everyone has that same work environment because I've been there. I've been in a toxic and stagnant work environment. I've been around people that did not bring out the best in me and as a person, but also um, with my goals in life and um, that didn't inspire me or motivate me to be around. um, And that really just kind of cultivated like a settling kind of feeling in life in general. And so I understand that why some people don't want to be in that environment anymore. They need to be in one that's more motivating and allows them to grow in a certain way. And I have that right now. And I have that at work. And so it, I feel very lucky and I've worked really hard actually to be able to get the opportunities that I have now, which is why I'm so passionate about coaching, because a lot of that came from me being able to leave jobs that were comfortable and stable, but were not for me and that were not helping me grow at all in life. And um, also jobs where I was maybe in a toxic environment or not around the best people. And so I've really had to learn how to advocate for myself, how to be able to overcome imposter syndrome and apply for jobs that I'm not qualified, I don't feel qualified for. And the other portion of this is also at my nine to five. I just feel like I am able to learn and extract so much from it right now. Like I'm in a place where I have so many mentorship and leadership opportunities and just like being able to learn from people who are so good at what they do. And for example, like a very plain example would be COVID. Um, If I was an entrepreneur throughout COVID by myself, it would have been really difficult because I wouldn't have known what to do as much. And when you're in entrepreneurship, you actually also learn that people pay like thousands and thousands of dollars for masterminds and to learn from different types of people. And for me, I'm like, I get that for free. Um, More than that, it's not that I just get it for free. I get paid to be there. And um, 
uh, my work also pays a portion of my education. And so I'm getting paid to have all of these skills and learning opportunities. And um, it's a really great place for me to be right now, um, which is why I don't foresee myself quitting my job anytime soon. And one of the things that I really work on with my clients is that, you know, these types of environments do exist. And it's not so rare that it's only something that I have. Um, but it is something that I feel like you also have to work towards as well, because no work environment is perfect. And being able to speak up for yourself, being able to advocate for yourself is something I work with cl um, clients as well. And I'm really like just enjoying the where I am now because of the work I put into it. And again, I'm not saying my work environment is 100% perfect all the time. And I'm like happy, like all the time and everything's like sunshine and rainbows. Of course, it comes with challenges. But that's the thing when it comes to being, you know, um, a perfectionist or an overachiever is that that's a part of learning is just being able to overcome those challenges challenges and navigate them. And again, I feel really lucky that I'm like in a space that people actually pay me to do that. And um, I also really like love working with my clients. And that's why I'm passionate about coaching and work-life money. But in work-life money, I'm kind of on my own. Um, of course, I, you know, I'm a part of your group coaching program. I have my clients. I also have coached myself, but it's not the same sense of like teamwork. And right now I really get the best of both worlds. And the third reason that I don't anticipate myself quitting my job anytime soon is I wouldn't be in this space otherwise. I wouldn't be a career mindset coach if I didn't feel so greatly about the things I talked about earlier. One of the things that really surprised me about the career coaching space is how many people entered in it, ironically, because they hated their jobs in HR and decided to pursue entrepreneurship. And of course, there's nothing wrong with wanting something else, but I wouldn't coach people to stay or enter into the nine to five if I didn't truly enjoy it myself. And if I didn't live what I teach, I think that if I quit my job because I hated it to just to start a career coaching business and live a laptop lifestyle, I'd be too much out of integrity with myself and the work-life community, which is what this podcast is actually all about. And so I, you know, again, don't have a problem with anyone wanting something else with their life. But for me, I personally come at the career coaching space from a completely different perspective than HR, than an HR perspective, because to be honest, I haven't always liked HR or my HR departments. Um, but I will say I do appreciate them because the only thing worse than having HR sometimes, um, uh, interstep with your career or not interstep with your career is actually um, when you don't have HR. That's the really tough part as well. And so my experiences with HR have always been, um, you know, a pull and a push type of relationship. Obviously, there have been people that I've loved and people that have made a great difference in my career. And 
there have been times when HR was not my best friend in, um, in my job. And so those are the types of situations that really inspire me and also really allow and, um, allow me to be able to create work-life money from a holistic, from a different perspective, because I truly don't believe that you are only your job. And I know that some people in their careers view their job as the most important thing and they don't have the supportive work environment and they do have a lot of other you know, priorities that they can't focus on because their career is taking too much. And that's why I really believe in the work-life money framework because your career, like work-life money is a career space, but your career is more about more than just your actual work. It's about the life and it's about the money behind it as well. And, um, it, and having work-life money has, allowed me to really be appreciative of that and also be able to share that ability for other people to use that framework and apply it to their life. So from a career coach and in my um, perspective, I don't think that you are your career and I don't think that you need to otherwise go into the space um, thinking that your job will always, first of all, like represent you as a person in general. Like I said, my career is very meaningful to me, but it's not only the only type of person that I am. There are other factors right now that play into my life. And that kind of leads me to wrap up this question. And it's that, you know, I don't really think that I'm going to have this perspective on my career forever. The only thing constant in life is change. And I truly believe that your career can and should change as your priorities and your circumstances change. So maybe one day I'll discover a new career path or my circumstances will change and it alters my career plans because, hey, that's happened before. Um, If you don't know, like I used to have these big dreams of like an international career and then my dad got sick and I moved home. And so things change, life changes, right? And, but the thing is, I know I will be prepared for it. Um, and that's the thing that I really hope to share through work-life money is normalizing career change. And that's why my personal and coaching program focuses on being able to create the personal growth skills to do it over and over again, because no one knows what's going to happen in life. And that's why when I come and talk about career, I'm really talking about from the work-life money space. I never talk about it from an industry perspective. I can, of course, explain and talk about, you know, why my job is meaningful to me, but your job will be meaningful to you for completely different reasons. And it's not right or wrong. And really being able to understand that framework, and this is something I coach my clients through, is so vital because then you can do it again once your circumstances change then your work might change and that's okay. So that's why for me, I don't really come at it at from a very specific perspective on like, um, you know, you have to be in this industry or you have to do this or all of those things. It's because it's like, 
to be honest, all of the career tips and tricks exist on the internet. They exist on the world. There's no magic thing that happens um, when you're applying for a job, right? Of course, there are ways to create a better resume and create better interview answers, but there's no one perfect thing. And so when you're actually looking for um, a career path and being able to understand how to change it and how to have it reflect your life so it doesn't become your life, that's why I really believe in the work-life money space. And that's why, oh my God, this answer is like so long-winded. I don't actually have any plans on quitting my job anytime soon because it's so easy as high perfectionists, high achieving perfectionists to get into this all or nothing mindset that we have to seek this per, this like perfect um, state of our career and that everything's going to be great, that there's like a holy grail somewhere. There is um, this oasis. There is a state of perfection in your career to reach. And I don't really believe in that because I think, again, it will change. And it's more important for us to learn how to be adaptable and change. And again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to find your absolute dream job. Um, and that has to be it for the rest of your life. Your dream job can change right? And, and it can, and it really should change because you're going to grow and develop and have totally different experiences um, as a human, as you grow up and new careers will be invented. New opportunities will come up that you might not have ever dreamed or imagined of. And that's the thing about being like a higher achieving perfectionist is that we, it's almost like we work towards this ideal state. And then when we get there, we get uncomfortable because we're high achieving perfectionists. We want more. So we think that we seek comfort um, in everything being great. But when everything is easy and great, we want more. And I can say that with quite a lot of um, uh, confidence because, you know, I used to work a really great job um, where everything looked great on paper. And you probably did too, because you were a high achiever in school. You always did well. And so to other people and to society, oh, it must look like you're successful. But you know deep down that you are meant for more and that you have more potential. And so that's why right now this is the perfect state for me. Again, will this be the this way forever? Probably not. And that's okay. I'm, I know how I'm going to adapt and change. I'm really confident in that. And so when you have that type of mentality when it comes to your career, career and work doesn't have to be limiting and suffocating and scary in that way. It can actually be so incredibly exciting. Now, the next question that I get quite a bit when it comes to career coaching is, can your program be shortened? I get a lot of questions on my career clarity calls about shortening my coaching program. And while all my clients have gotten amazing results in a few weeks, I've really decided that I didn't want to work with clients only through the high or good times. When you sign up for a coaching program or a new course or anything new at all, it's so easy to feel like so super excited. It's like that new year, new me energy, right? I've definitely been there. I have like bought so many courses. I bought all the courses and stuff, right? But like most short wins, the high can only be short-lived because once it's over, what you're left with is just seeking the next shortcut, right? 
And that's the thing about personal growth is that it can't be mastered in a couple of weeks. If it could be, oh, like I think it would be a lot easier for all of us to have great habits, for all of us to be super successful in our careers if if it was that easy, right? But the truth is that, you know, overcoming overthinking, imposter syndrome, and self-doubt, being able to advocate for yourself, that's all going to look different and it's come going to come up into different circumstances and in different areas of your career and life. And that's why in episode 69 of the podcast, I'd really talked about how, you know, career hacks are actually damaging your career because a lot of times we just want to get, you know, like skip to the good part, just get to the good stuff without actually feeling that part of growth that can be uncomfortable, but that is so vital. And um, an example of this is that, you know, a lot of times people actually come to me in their careers thinking that they know what they want for a certain area. And one of the things that I really work with my clients is untangling that. And I wouldn't want to just help someone into a career path and accelerate that um, if it's not something that's really effective of what they want or what they think is out there. An example of that is actually my last two clients that I worked with, um, we worked a lot through with salary and salary negotiation and being able to advocate for what they worth was a huge roadblock for them. And so when I asked them, okay, so this is what you're being paid. What do you think you're like, what is your ideal salary? What do you want to be working towards? Right. And so both of them, like they struggled um, to be able to um, get an answer because it's hard to try to They were so used to undervaluing their work, but they gave me a number. And then when we did the work behind actually figuring out what they want and what is um, what they want from their career and their um, uh, what that value of those skills are, is it came at almost for both clients. It was almost double what their original their current salaries are. And so. When you are actually um, trying to shortcut your way through personal growth, sometimes you skip through all of the work involved in being able to untangle your own career trauma, your own beliefs about your career and yourself. And so with my clients, they had been so used to like undervaluing themselves that they just continue to do that. So if I had help them work towards that goal of theirs, then I would just have been helping them through a goal that was still undervaluing themselves. And could I actually just say, oh, it's not that, you you know, you know, you're not worth that much. You, you should advocate for so much more. Sure. Like any one of us can say that to another person, but being able to internalize that belief is a lot different. And that I feel really shows up in negotiation and shows up in confidence is not just like, oh, here's this magical thing you say. Okay, sure. There are actually really great phrases and lines out there. But if you don't have the confidence to back it up, when they respond in any sort of way, it shows, right? And also a part of being confident is just believing in yourself, right? Because if you don't believe it, like the other party won't believe it as well. And that's why to me, the coaching program that I have as it stands is really the optimal time. And it's the shortest amount of time to actually get the results that, um, uh, that are transformational. 
I really focus on equipping my clients with the tools and resources to make a lifelong transformation. We're not looking at transformations for a couple of weeks right now. We're looking at a life skill. And I know this because my clients from the past year have also had truly continue to have truly big successful in their lives and wins in their lives. Even after we started working together, we don't work to, we haven't worked together in a year, but that's because the tools that are taught in um, my coaching program and um, really what I coach my clients through is something that they take on and they can utilize for themselves after we've gone through it together. And sometimes what I equate it to is like, you know, when you work with a personal trainer, if you want to work with a personal trainer to let's say lose 50 pounds or, you know, lift 50 pounds or something, right? Sure. You could probably work with a a personal trainer to like lose 50 pounds in two weeks. That's not very healthy. That's probably not healthy. I'm not, I mean, not a fitness person, but it's not very healthy. Um, and the things that that personal trainer or nutritionist or health person might work with you to like lose 50 pounds in like a month or so, right. Or a couple of weeks that you actually might get the result, right. But the habits and the things that, um, actually built up to that goes so much deeper. And so once you stop working with that person, that might fall apart and you might gain back that 50 pounds or whatever that weight, right? Because obviously, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a health coach or anything like that, but you know, being able to lose weight is more than just about exercise, right? Or just like starving yourself. It's also about the nutrition and the food behind it. And a lot of times it's about the emotions and the things that we connect to food behind it, right? And so that's not going to just be like um, super um, easy to do in a couple of weeks. And again, it's it actually hurts you in the long run. And that's why in that episode, um, you know, episode 69, I talked about career hacks, how career hacks are hurting you in the long run. The same thing is like, um, you know, can be applied to like different other types of hacks as well. Like um, they give you a, like good result in the short run, but then you have to continually be um, um, reliant on hacks forever. Right. And so I truly believe that, you know, when it comes to your career, things are going to happen. And um, personal growth is a long journey. I'm not perfect at it myself. And when you're doing it, things will come up as well. So uh, for example, I'm currently on a pause with one of my clients as she is moving through a family emergency. And I've also taken similar breaks with other clients in the past because sometimes there are more important things in life than your career. I talk about so much about you are not your career and my coaching program also reflects that and lastly I created work-life money really so that people wouldn't feel alone in life when things aren't shiny and things aren't like the highlight reel and my coaching program is no different it's not like a feel-good program all the way through type of thing we're going to be entangling a lot of stuff and actually being able to develop those personal growth skills of overthinking. It's not always going to feel shiny and new. And I know that that's an easier thing to sell sometimes. And like, yeah, I could condense my coaching program only so that it only shows that part. But actually, I think in the long run, it hurts more people and it's a disservice to my clients, which is why I really don't shorten my coaching program because I want to be able to give my clients 
the absolute best support possible. And every one of my clients I've worked with, they've always said that, you know, I completely um, over um, exceeded their expectations. And that's because I am really here for you throughout the entire time and really to coach you through all of the self-doubt, right? And in different areas and overthinking in different areas of your life, including your career, not just when it feels good, not just so that I could have like a shiny testimonial on my website or anything like that. I'm here for it the whole way through. And so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit different than what I usually do um, because I really wanted to answer some of these questions that people have been asking me. And just in case this is something that you were wondering as well, and just to give you a little bit into the insight of admission and myself when it comes to work-life money. So um, if any of this has resonated with you, I really invite you to into my um, one-on-one coaching program. I'm so confident that I would be able to help you really be able to overcome imposter syndrome and overthinking to make more money and without sacrificing your work-life balance and developing that framework for yourself to be adaptable and to be able to change careers and to be able to be confident in yourself wherever your life takes you and wherever your career takes to you in the future. So not just in the, in the time that we work together, but for your life as a whole. So I, if you're interested, I will link a, um, I will leave a link in the show notes to book your free one-on-one career clarity call. And the reason I have the clarity call as well is just to make sure that you have all of your questions answered, but also because I want you to be able to us to be able to meet and talk and to learn more about your career and to see if this is right, the right program for you. So if that's something you're interested in, please um, click the link in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash Kimberly dash WLM. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And remember, I'm always cheering you on. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money in Integrity podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all in this work-life money thing together.